another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. It is an incredible honour to have our senior pastor with us today, Pastor Marie, and I'm so excited about what God is going to do, what he's going to speak to us. And even though we can't physically have Pastor Marie with us at the moment, the next best thing is through Zoom. So we're going to have an interview uh, with you today, Pastor Marie, which is amazing. And um, so cool to be able to hear from you and hear your journey and everything that God is uh, doing. And First of all, I just want to say congratulations on 29 years of life as well. I know it was celebrated on yeah. Sunday and just want to say <laughs> thank you for your faithfulness and for your strength and for just pursuing Jesus for so many years. And so many of our lives are so richly blessed because of your faithfulness. So thank you. Oh, thanks, Nadia. But it's not its not just about us. It's about the faithfulness of everybody. But I know that, you know, we may have had to step out and start, but it's, it's everybody on the journey that's made it what it is today. So thank you as well. Oh, it's, an, it's a privilege to be part of it. It's a privilege to see change, see God impacting people's lives. And it just all comes back again to that vision statement that you guys started with 29 years ago to impact and change a generation with the reality of Jesus Christ. And I love that we get to be part of that, which is awesome. Yeah, and I think that's one of the most encouraging things to see the generations and see the generations growing up. It's just so cool. I love that. I know it is amazing to think of all the marriages, all the babies that have been had, you know, all the um, incredible purpose that's been found through life. I just think it's amazing. Yeah, so cool. So today we, um, yeah, we wanted to just have some time to, um, to chat to you, to hear more about your story. And I think um, what a, not a lot of people would have realized is that you used to live in Melbourne and you were a true Melbourneite. And so I wanted just to hear from you, what do you love about Melbourne? And um, most importantly too, what footy team did you support? <laughs> That's very important. Well, I did live in Melbourne for three and a half years as a young girl, um, awesome. many moons ago, but um, I loved living in Melbourne. I love a lot of things about it. I love the beaches, because I'm a beach girl. I much prefer summer than winter. So there's some beautiful beaches in Melbourne love the restaurants. It's just a, such a cosmopolitan city. It's awesome. So there's so much I love about it. But the footy team I used to go for was the Bombers. I was like a true blue supporter. I had the beanie, the scarf, season pass, used to take a flask of hot milk coffee with me to drink. And you know, I was in there, boots and all. It was <laughs> that's fun. So cool. well, that's, that's our team as well. So go the Bombers. It, oh, hasn't, yeah. it hasn't actually been... <laughs> It hasn't actually been a great season, but we still live oh, in hope. There's always next year. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There's always next year with the Bombers. But, um, you know, I know this year has been so different for so many of us. And I know for you guys as well, you know, usually you're traveling and so many different places. And what have you found? What are you loving about this year? And maybe what things have been challenging for you guys? I think a really crazy year. I was, I was saying to somebody recently, it's hard to kind of put in words. It almost feels like our lives have been on pause, but at the same time fast forwarded because in so many ways, a lot of things have been fast forwarded. Um, doing what we're doing now, who would have thought, you know, <laughs> we'd be doing this or lots of things, good things have come from it, but definitely um, challenging and good things to take from it. But I think, you know, we live near a, 
near the beach up in Whangaparoa and our community just really came out um, supporting one another. I think we a lot of people was walking during the first lockdown when we were only allowed to walk, weren't allowed to do much else, just walk in our blocks. But um, it was really interesting how the neighbourhood really supported each other. Everybody was friendly, like they knew each other, even people we didn't know. So there was a lot of good that came out of that. Um, interestingly though, as time went on and people were unsure about how the community transmission part was going, they got a little bit more distant and like crossed over a little bit. But I just think it was a good thing that we got to know our neighbours a lot better because we're all in the same boat. And I think that's one good thing from it. I must say though, I really missed our church community. I, I think we are, are meant to be together. We're not meant to be isolated and doing life that Corona has made us do or forced us to do. So. Um, really miss the church community and being together and just encouraging one another. Corporate worship, like there's nothing like being together, worshiping God and tangibly feeling the, the presence of God in, in the room. We can feel that when we're praying at home, but there's nothing like we're, when we're united together and, you know, the Holy Spirit is just attracted to that and and meets us there. So I think that's something that people will realise when they come back, what they've, what's been missing, you know, or how important that is. Because, yeah, it, it is important. But um, Paul and I actually have quite liked not travelling. I don't know if I'd like it for too much longer, but it's been, it's been a good season where we've been around and had more time with family. And so there's been lots of good things as well. I just cannot wait till we're back together again. It's been, I think it'll be coming up six months since we've physically been able to meet. And Crazy. I know, yeah, I know though, like you said, it'll just re-emphasize the importance and the value of being together. And we're, like you've often said as well, we're just believing for revival to come yeah, out of this because totally. we're just pursuing Jesus in a greater way, which is exciting. And we are in this whole series at the moment of, Jesus is and looking at the character of who he is and just discovering mm. more of uh, the depth of who he is. And I know for you, you have been through a crazy story. Your testimony is just incredibly powerful. So I know there's a lot of people that have never heard your testimony before that have recently joined us, especially while being online. So thought it would just be brilliant to hear from you, you know, your story and who Jesus was to you in the middle of it, because it's so powerful. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I think Jesus has been many things to me. Um, he's my go-to, that's for sure. He's always been my go-to and uh, he's been like a husband to me. Uh, he's been a friend, he's been an anchor. He's been just like, just a constant in my life, something that has been, cons he's constantly been faithful. Um, as you know, Nadia, as a young girl, I lost my dad when I was 10 years old. He went to work one day and he never came home. Um, never got to say goodbye to him. He just passed away of a heart attack. And um, as a result of that, we were a very close family before that. I have four older brothers and my, my mother fell apart. Basically, a year after my dad died, my mum's father died. and. She decided after that um, she couldn't cope anymore, so she took an overdose and got put in a mental institution. So all the, the, the constant that I did have up until that 
point in my life um, was gone, it was taken from me. So she ended up getting put in an institution and then by the time I was 15, she had met and married a guy that she married and divorced him twice <laughs> in her uh, eight years of being with him. And anyway, it really did destroy my family. And as a result, at 15 years old, I left home. So everything that had ever been constant in my life was suddenly not non-existent. And um, so I think, you know, by the time I was 18, I was introduced to Jesus, but it, he, he has been such a, a safe place for me to go to because up until that time, there was no safe place for me. There was no assurance. There was no constant in my life. It was changing so much all the time. So um, I think, you know, he's been many things to me. And I, I always, when I, when I met him or was introduced to him, I literally did fall in love with him. I just had, everything that I was looking for had been um, found in who he was. So, um, yeah, and he's still that to me today. Even though I'm married today, he is still the first go-to that I have in my life because I think it's, it's important that you are, um, your foundation's in him so that when things go wrong, you're not um, expecting someone else to fulfill that place in your life that only he can. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I always say that to single people, don't think getting married is gonna fulfill that place in your life. You need him to be that place first and then anybody else is an addition to your life, not something trying to fill up a gap in your life, you know? So true, so true. And um, I know part of what we're looking at in Jesus is, is the fact that the Bible talks about Jesus being the good shepherd and that he is good, he is safe. Like you said, he's the one that we mm. can run to. He's the one that leads us. And so just that whole, you know, describing Jesus as the good shepherd, what does that mean to you? And you know, have there been examples in your world where he has tangibly been that to you? Yeah, well, I can say in my own life, many examples, but you know, I think when you understand that he is good, he is good, full stop. So he's, he's going to be, and he is goodness. So everything he does for you, or, or should be to you, is, is good. It's not, he's not somebody that's gonna hurt you or let you down. Or, so when, when you get that nailed down, knowing that he is good, then you're not thinking bad of him or he's gonna do bad things in your life. So I think that's important because a lot of people think that God's a bad God, you know, or that he's a mean God, or, but he is goodness. And um, I think the redeeming thing he has been for me is, or the goodness in my life, just restoring what was taken from me, from not having a family, to bringing Paul into my life, um, to bringing the church family into my life, you know, to restore back what the enemy has taken from me, I think. That's one example of his goodness, although there's been many, many more, but that is one that has literally helped fashion who I am today. And his, his goodness has been shown through that. Wow. 
And you are such a testimony of God's goodness just being poured out into your life. And I love the fact that even though life was really tough for you, you still made that decision to pursue Jesus and just go, okay, I'm believing that you are good and that you are the God of the turnaround. And mm. he brought such an incredible turnaround in your life. And that's what he does when we would actually open up our world and, and trust him and be uh, led by him. And mm. John 10, it, it talks about the sheep hearing his voice and being led by it. It says this, when he brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a voice of a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And I think something that we often get asked is, how do you know the voice of the Good Shepherd? How can you trust his voice? You know, especially for you, Pastor Marie, like I said, when you'd had so much history of things just going wrong in your world, how could you mm. trust again in the leading of the Good Shepherd and know his voice? Yeah, I think Nadia, the, the thing is, there's so many things vying for our attention today, so many voices that are trying, you know, our self-talk is the worst voice, you know, what we, yeah, we tell so ourselves. And that's something that I had to really combat because I had a lot of negative self-talk. I didn't feel value, valuable, didn't feel I wasn't valued by so many people as a young girl. Wow. So um, that's something I had to really work hard at. And I did that by going to the Word of God and saying, what does God, what does God think of me? What does God say? What does the word say? And, you know, yeah, awesome. a lot of people will say to me, what are the keys? What are the keys to overcoming, you know, being abused as a younger girl or all the things that happened to me and want a one, two, three, easy step. But yeah. the key is in the word of God. The keys are yeah. in the word of God. And, and I think that is when you see how God has spoken to people in the Bible characters in the past, you can get to know who, we, how he speaks, um, how he leads, but by what he's done historically in the in the word, yeah. you know. And then when you get to know him a little bit more and how he does, and and the Bible talks about that inner small voice. That's that's how you know. You know by something you may be asking him when your heart surrendered. Um, the Bible talks about making the decision going forward and he'll be they'll be behind you saying, walk this way or that way. So sometimes sometimes we've just got to take a step out and then trust that I know, I know my heart's right before God. I've I've asked him for advice, I've asked him to show me, so I'm gonna go and and listen for that voice. And the voice yes. isn't gonna be a loud booming voice. It could be just that still, oh no, this I just don't feel right about this, and that's that's the Holy Spirit telling you and speaking to you, or either a disturbance or, or just a, a peace, knowing this this is this feels good, this is right. So I think you know it's not complicated. People complicate something that's not not complicated. If we yeah. go to the Word, we know how the character of God, and again, like like I said, get examples of how He has spoken in the past, and then you get confidence to know. Well, I trust God. I've I've laid this before God and I trust that he's going to speak to me and show me the Holy Spirit's going to lead me and guide me. Yeah, awesome. So good. And I think um, there's something that I really love about you is you're such a 
you know, you're about the Word of God. It's the Word of God that's transformed you. And so maybe, you know, for somebody that's tuning in today and they're just really battling with negativity at the moment. And you know, the Bible talks about taking captive every thought and making it obey Christ. So Pastor Marie, how have you actually practically done that? Well, practically I've, I've had to, I mean, I am a reader, so I like um, also by, you know, people's, people, leadership books or people um, that are instructing, people that have gone down the road ahead of me to teach me, oh, this is what you do, you know. So I think reading is important, but also like as far as the word goes, I've had to actually meditate on it, which means I've had to take a verse. I would put it around my house. I'd put it by back in the day when the phone was actually attached to the wall. <laughs> I'd, I'd put it by my phone, a little, little memory verses, cards. I'd put it when I used to have a typewriter back in the day in um, the job that I was in, I would write verses on my typewriter. I would just go over it and learn them and just combat my thinking so that one day after doing it enough and getting it in your spirit, taking it from here, dropping it into your spirit, you realize, oh, I don't think that way anymore. I don't think negative yeah. like that anymore. I actually believe the word of God. I've got it nailed down now. So. I mean, obviously, you still, the enemy's always in your ear, especially if it's been an area that you have had struggled with, which I did, mm. that whole self-worth. It's something that you have to combat getting harder and go, go to the Word until you actually believe it, where it's coming out of your mouth with a conviction that I actually believe this. I'm not just reading about it anymore. I believe it, that... I am a daughter of the God. I am valued. I am called. I am anointed or whatever, you know. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I belong, whatever, until you, it actually becomes your, out of your mouth. So good. And I think, um, you know, really a powerful thing can be actually trusting God's word too, trusting yeah. his leading. Mm. We are in a society today that is all about our independence and our rights and wanting our control. And, you know, a part of a good shepherd is that a good shepherd has the rod and brings the sheep into correction at times. And, you know, when they want to go somewhere, the good shepherd knows actually that's not the right way for you to go. You need to go this way. And again, it just relates so powerfully to who Jesus can be for us. You know, we can see in our human understanding, actually, this is where I want to go. But Jesus is like, no, this is where I want to take you. Yeah. And so how, how have you... How have you grown to, to trust God's leading and maybe even just some examples of how you've actually had to surrender what you want in your will to the one who is greater and the one that knows way beyond what we know? Yeah, and I think this is a struggle for a lot of people because there's that will that we have, we all have. Yeah. And there's a surrendering of that will. Yes. <laughs> but um, I remember a time like an, an example in my life would be when I did live in Melbourne I was in a relationship for the whole time I was there, basically three and a half years. And um, I was brought into this family of the guy that I was going out with and was like one of their children, like a daughter to them, you know. So I was very ingrained in the family as well as in the relationship with the guy. And um, it got to the point where I, in the middle of that relationship, became a Christian right. and deep down I just knew that I had to I had to leave this relationship wow. and it was a struggle it was a real struggle because I didn't 
I didn't want to hurt anybody. Yes. I didn't want to um, necessarily um, leave. I wanted the family to all come on board with what I had found, yeah. but I knew that wasn't going to happen uh, while I was there anyway in the picture. So it was one of those things where I had to, even though I had that deep down feeling, I, I had to obey that inner, okay, I think you need to leave. And so I got some counsel. I got, I was actually, interestingly enough, I got a job with um, a company and my boss had, was a Christian and she had had a radical conversion and she just um, counseled me and she said, Marie, I don't think you should stay in this relationship. Wow. And um, asked me to go and talk to her pastor and just to get some advice, which I did. And um, anyway, I took, the, I took that advice. It basically just confirmed what I was already feeling. Yeah. And I knew I had to leave. And it was a hard decision to make, but I knew God was good. And I didn't want, I didn't want to lose what I had found in Him. So um, I just knew that God was good and that He would take care of this. I didn't know what the future was going to be. I just knew I had to step into it without knowing all the details, just trusting that God's good and he, he's, he's a good shepherd and he will look after me. So I did that and um, left from Melbourne, went to Sydney. And a year later, I met Paul at church and we got married seven months later. <laughs> Incredible. And so, so glad that that happened and you were led by God's voice in that moment. And I think the interesting thing too is, you know, that you chose to listen to other Christian counsel in the middle mm. of it, because I think it's incredible how often we make big decisions um, by not including others that can bring wisdom into our world too. You know, just an incredible example could be in the season that we're in at Melbourne at the moment, being in lockdown, a lot of people could be like, you know, I just want out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but but we've actually got to be and make sure that we include others in mm. those big decisions that we're making. So how important has that been for you? Oh, it's so important, Nadia. It's actually heartbreaking as a pastor when people come to you having already made up their mind, yeah. not having asked God or anybody else saying, they're going to do this or that or the other thing. And yeah. wanting you to bless what their decisions made, or some people don't even come, which is their prerogative. But even if they do, there's nothing we can do about it because um, they've made up their mind. But you just know in a lot of cases, and it, it's I've seen it with my own eyes, it, it's been a train wreck waiting to happen. And it's so, so sad because no one's been able to say, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Just, just to make sure that people stop and say, mm, because a lot of people haven't thought or haven't asked anybody else, just gone off, this is what I'm doing. And um, unfortunately, yeah, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes ends in heartache and, and a mess to clean up. So true, and mm. I think there is such, like Proverbs always talks about like wise counsel includes others in the decisions that we're making. And mm. I think it is really important to not just be led by God's voice, but also say, okay, God, if you're leading this, like give me confirmation through others that have got wisdom and are hearing from God as well. Yeah, and not just people, don't go to people that you just know that are gonna agree with you. <laughs> That's a thing. Yeah. Like, so yeah, true. everybody, everybody's on board with it, but uh, who's everybody? like? Yeah, yeah, it's so true. It's got to be people that are hearing from God as well. Mm. It's so true. 
Um, I think um, another cool thing that John 10 talks about is um, Jesus just fiercely protecting us you know there mm. being that the, again the good shepherd that just looks after the sheep and is there to fight the wolves you know fight those attacking fiercely protecting us and so for, for you how have you come to know the protection of Jesus in your world especially and a lot of people would say well if God if Jesus is protecting me then why have these bad things happened so how mm. for you how has the protection of Jesus worked in your world yeah, because I mean, the Bible doesn't say that um, he's going to protect you and no bad thing's going to happen. It says that though you walk through the shadow of death, fear no evil, or no weapon that is formed against you will prosper. It doesn't mean that the weapon's not going to come, come at you. Um, and there have been many situations over the years, like Paul and I have been doing this 29 years here, 10 years, 39 years altogether in church life. But, um, but as an individual, so many things have happened along the way where I've been hurt by people or circumstances that I didn't expect happen or many times where, like the Bible talks about Jesus, that we can um, be protected under the shadow of his wings. And I've definitely uh, experienced that in my own life. There's two great uh, verses I'm going to read from Psalms that just underscores this in it's from the Amplified Bible. It says, Psalm 17, 8, Keep me in the affectionate care. Protect me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the protective shadow of your wings. And then Psalm 57, 1 says, Be gracious to me, O God. Be gracious and merciful, merciful to me, for my soul finds shelter and safety in you. And in, your, in the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge and be confidently secure until destruction passes by. You know, and there've been many times where I know I've found um, my heart has been broken from, shattered in some cases, from things that have just taken me off guard, things that have happened that have just been heartbreaking. And I've, I've had to purposely go and nestle under the shadow of that, those wings so many times and say, I am running to you. I'm going to you, God, to protect to protect my heart, but also to um, be strengthened, but also to protect my heart, protect my heart from becoming disillusioned, hard, or whatever. Um, so it's to be strengthened by God so that I can keep going and to be protected from myself, my own feelings, so that they don't rule. So um, I've, I've definitely experienced that many times and I think God's always been faithful. He's always been there and doesn't mean the stuff hasn't happened. It just means it's helped me get through until, like it says in that verse, until destruction passes by. So I think it's important that we know we can go to him and he will be there. Um, and we will be okay, but it doesn't mean that we're not gonna go through this stuff. <laughs> Beautiful. Hmm. And I just love in those moments that we have where we do run to him, you just find his love in such a new hmm. way. You just find an incredible expression of his love. And again, I just in John 10, it just says, the faith comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come to have life, to give life to the full. I'm the good shepherd and the good shepherd yeah. lays down his life for the sheep. And this incredible thought of Jesus just loving us 
that much that he gave his life for us and us being able to know that expression of that love. And But I know there'll be people tuning in again today that they just don't know that love for themselves. They can't connect to it. So what would you say to people that are in a place when they're not ex tangibly experiencing God's love for themselves, Pastor Marie? Well, I think a couple of things, Nadia. People have, many people have experienced conditional love, performance-based love. If you do this for me, I'll do that for you. Ended up hurt, betrayed or whatever. And then other people don't feel worthy of being loved because of maybe what they've done in life or or what's been done to them. If um, they've been in promiscuous relationships or whatever, and they view themselves as not worthy, whatever it is. But the thing is with Jesus, there, there are no conditions. He loves unconditionally. And I think um, to embrace that, you've got to experience it for yourself. Um, a lot of people may have the walls up because of both those areas that I, I spoke about um, just then. But um, it's just a matter of letting your wall down and giving Jesus a go because when you experience the love that he offers, there is just absolutely nothing else that compares to that. It's unconditional. He doesn't love us because of what we've done, what we haven't done. He doesn't have conditions. If you do this for me, I'll do that for you. It's just pure unconditional love. And it changes us from the inside out. It heals from the inside out. It restores from the inside out. So I would just say you ha you need to experience it. Like people, nobody can tell me there is no Jesus or there is no um, unconditional love because I've experienced it for myself and it's literally changed my life. So I would say, you know, even though you may have all the other doubts or fears or whatever it is, just just give it a go. At least say, I'm okay, I'm going to try. I'm going to put down the walls so and ask Jesus to come into my heart, uh, my life and show me his love and he will. Wow, absolutely incredible and I think the amazing thing is that it's for absolutely everybody like you said as well. Like I know for me I grew up in a, a Christian home and just knew incredible love by my parents. And, you know, like compared to your story, it was just incredibly healthy. But I still remember getting to a place when I was 12 and going, you know what, if, if God is real, the God that my parents are talking about is real, I've got to know him for myself. And I remember locking myself in my bedroom for three Sunday afternoons and I was just like, Jesus, I just, if you're real, I want to meet with you. And I remember nothing happened the first two Sunday afternoons and I'm like, okay, God, this isn't looking good for you. <laughs> and then the third, <laughs> the third Sunday afternoon, I remember being at the edge of my bed and just this presence coming into my room. And I just remember weeping, just this feeling, this love that I had never known in my life at all. And I mean, I had great, I knew earthly love, but this love, just nothing compares to it. Nothing is like it. And it's it's we're wired for it as humans. Mm. And you know, like the, the more we're being Christians, the more we've got to keep ourselves coming back to it as well and keep finding ourselves, locating ourselves in that perfect love. And yeah. I just know that there are others that are here today and you've never actually had the opportunity to experience that unconditional love for yourself. And through one prayer, 
that prayer surrenders your life to Jesus and it allows him to come in and to meet you with his incredible love. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us and he died for the hope of being in relationship with you, for the hope of us experiencing his love. And the incredible thing is that we don't need to come to him in our perfection. We don't need to come to him trying to earn his love. He loves us because we're his and he loves us because he created us and he loves us because he desperately wants relationship with us. And so today what we're gonna do is we're gonna pray a prayer together. And that prayer just opens your life up to experience his love. It says, you know what, God, I'm sorry for how I've lived and I want a new start in you. And you know what, this prayer is also for others that are joining and linking with us today. And maybe you once experienced that love, but if you're, to be honest, you're not walking in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and it is a personal thing. You know, it's not a set of beliefs that we choose to join one day, it's a personal relationship with a living God. And if you're to be honest, you're not living that out today. And again, today is a decision, you know what, I wanna join in with that prayer and I wanna bring my life back to connection with Jesus. So we're all gonna pray that prayer and just have a moment of surrendering ourselves to Him. So this is for everyone making a decision to follow Jesus for the first time or making a recommitment. You know what? I wanna give Jesus everything. So why don't you repeat this prayer after me? Jesus, I invite you into my life. I ask you to be my Lord. I ask you to be my God. I'm sorry for my wrongs, and I wanna know the unconditional love that you have for me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me, and I want a new start in you from this point onwards. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, what an absolutely incredible decision that you have made. It is amazing. There's so many people on the chat right now that are celebrating that, your, that decision. Hearts are flying out because it's honestly the best decision that you could possibly make. And if you did make it, if you prayed that prayer, we would love you right now to click the raise hand button that's in the chat, or you can also follow the link and let us know your details and we will get one of these Bibles to you. And this Bible, as we talked about from John 10, it tells us who Jesus is. As Pastor Marie talked about, it starts to renew our thinking. We see ourselves as God sees us, not as we wanna see ourselves. So please let us know your details and we will get one of those Bibles to you. And then we'll also let you know just through one email, the next step that you can take in following Jesus in a greater way, which would be awesome but how cool is that pastor marie so cool I just, I, yeah i love it when people make that decision to follow jesus and now as we close today i just thought it would be awesome for you to pray for us and just i suppose that fresh awakening and revelation of who jesus is as the good shepherd to us will be awesome mm. father i just thank you for everyone that's watching today and lord i just pray that just a new sense of who you are the goodness of who you are will come to everyone today, Father. I pray that they would tangibly feel your presence and your peace today and know your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.